This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to The Scoop, the premier Inside Carolina UNC football recruiting podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Your one-stop shop for all your UNC uh, apparel, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. This is The Scoop. All right, welcome into The Scoop. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Don Callahan. Like I said at the top, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We have a big show today, a really big show with a great interview right in the middle. Don, how are you feeling? What's going on? I am feeling great. Just got back from Atlanta. We'll get into that a little bit. Spent about uh, four days away from home. Wow. Going to your neck. Well, your I guess your home away from home. Spent a couple nights in uh, Asheville. Okay. Break up my trip and then ended up in Atlanta. So yeah. So what's uh, what's up with Ross? Yeah, big day yesterday with uh, after the basketball game and then spring spring football. Those, those one days of open practices are, are tons of work. We had. Open practice for two hours, and then we had a Mac Brown press conference a couple hours later, and that kept us going with tons of content. We're still rolling out a bunch of stuff, too. So yeah. a lot of good stuff from Jim, our photographer, and, and Kirsten, our videographer. Um, so a lot of videos coming out and things like that, and then tons of content from the press conference as well. So it's kind of a little crossover season here with basketball kicking into full gear. Got Duke game on Saturday, and then spring practice. So we'll have uh, availabilities, you know, the next uh, – every every – week from here on out until the spring game do they um, have more practices open i think this is it um oh. until the spring game but yeah so um it was, it was good to get out there we, we had pretty good access and could see everything but um yeah it was crazy and we'll get into it but you know there was no offensive line coach they just had uh kevin yeah. donnelly coaching the offensive line so let's go through the show here we have a big show plan we've been playing the show for a while uh, we're going to start with the loss of Stacey Searles to Georgia, UNC's offensive line coach, get into that, the impact of that, and the new hire, and, and briefly discuss the new hire, uh, a guy I don't think we, we both don't know much about. We're going to get to Don's uh, trip to Atlanta for the Under Armour camp. Is that right? Yes. And, and then the junior day this weekend, UNC's hosting a big junior day. Um, I think Mac Brown even mentioned it on his press conference yesterday. So we'll talk about the junior day coming up. Then we have a r- interview with Mary Rice, the mother of UNC early enrollee freshman Zach Rice. Um, and we recorded that a couple days ago, uh, late last week, and so that is in the um, it's been the folder. And it was a really good discussion with Mary Rice and a good interview with her, all about um, the recruitment process, uh, her son, uh, UNC, how they recruited him, and then kind of the the first uh, couple months at UNC for Zach. And then we'll get into some spring practice thoughts. Don had some questions for me. We'll go back and forth on some topics of interest, position moves, um, certain players, coaching moves, all that good stuff. Your thoughts, Don? Um, I'm excited. I think we need to make sure that we emphasize, and I think we brought this up in the interview with Mary Rice, is that the interview is done well before Stacey Sherrill's left. 
Yeah. So um, obviously, if if that would have happened uh, before the interview, we would have talked to her about that. But yeah, so at the point of that interview, we 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 had no idea that Stacey Shirls was going to be leaving North Carolina. Yeah, and she mentions him a little bit, and, and we may mention him once or twice, but it's not, he didn't take a prominent yeah. role in the interview, yeah. but of course he's mentioned, so take that note. Great note there, Don. Okay, let's get into it. You ready? I am as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. And guys, the Mary Rice interview is great, so make sure you stay on for that, yeah. and then I think uh, most football fans, UNC football fans will enjoy the, the spring practice thoughts. I'll give some of my um, kind of more unfiltered thoughts on what I saw and everything. <laughs> and I, there's a lot of movement, a lot of things going on with um, some position changes that, that Don can also talk about, given some of these players were recruited to play one spot and are, are kind of moving or transitioning to another position. So it's kind of interesting to dive into that. Okay, Don, you, you mentioned it. Stacey Searles um, takes the same position at Georgia, moves to the national championship Georgia Bulldogs. Um, and news broke yesterday that UNC is going to hire uh, Jack Bicknell Jr. from uh, Louisville. Spent one year at Louisville um, after one year at Auburn after three seasons at Ole Miss. Um, and he has not been announced officially, but that's the, the news coming out um, of the news world. Uh, Don, your thoughts on losing Stacey Searles, his run three years as UNC's offensive line coach. Yeah, so I'm just going to talk about it from the recruiting standpoint, and it, I think it'd be good for you to kind of give the the actual team standpoint. <laughs> but uh, yeah, from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, he was a solid recruiter. I wouldn't say he was outstanding. I wouldn't say he was bad, but he was a guy, I guess, that uh, reliable recruiter definitely was active recruiting his guys. Always try to establish a relationship with the offensive lineman in particular, uh, but he wasn't a guy who was going to. He wasn't an ace recruiter that was going to going to uh, you know steal a recruit from someone sort of thing, but he wasn't someone who who uh, would lose recruits for you. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. You know, I think um, so. There's not like um, you know. So I'll be interested to see what I don't know a whole lot about uh, his replacement at all. You know, I've I've done some digging. And uh, from a recruiting standpoint, at least I haven't been able to uncover too much. I've, I've reached out to some other writers. I'm trying to get their takes. Um, and there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, just substance, I guess, not, not, not good or bad. But uh, one of the things I'm really interested in is just the type of offensive lineman. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's only so many different ways you can go with recruiting offensive linemen. But one of the things uh, Cheryl's really focused on was size. And you see that with uh, Travion Green, um, with um, uh, Malik McGowan, just, you know, those were massive human beings. I think, Ross, you met, you saw um, Green for the first time in, in spring practice on Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And massive. he's, I mean, he's a massive human being. And these are guys who, they, they had other Power Five offers, but North Carolina went in on them very, very hard and recruited them very hard because Cheryl's loved that size. So, um you know, and he also kind of stayed away from guards. You know, the only guard, only, well, maybe a couple, the one, um, uh, Jarrett Wilson, who was committed for a little bit and then flipped back to Georgia. And then uh, ironically where, where, where Cheryl's is going. Um, and then, you know, Sam um, Pendleton, he recruited. So, but there wasn't a whole lot of guards that he really focused on tackles 
and just large human beings. So uh, I'm curious to see what uh, what we get from a recruiting standpoint and how it changes with because UNC's obviously offered a bunch of offensive linemen in this class already. And, and so how that changes, you know, who they continue to recruit and all that. Yeah, some really great points there about the, the type of player positions recruits, um, not many guards, tackles, and centers. Going through some of his recruits, he landed obviously Corey Gaynor, the transfer mm-hmm. from Miami. He recruited to Miami, and that was a major reason why uh, Gaynor committed as a transfer to UNC. Gaynor was in uh, uniform yesterday, splitting reps at center. Um, I imagine Gaynor is going to stay at UNC, but that's just kind of an interesting wrinkle there. Um, Going through the list here, he recruited Trey Zimmerman to UNC, who I think has is, is already stopped his playing yeah, career. Yeah, took a medical DQ. Yeah. Uh, Diego Pounds, who we saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. So Diego Pounds was a, was a decent – Another big human being. Yeah, who versatile, can play guard, can play tackle. Um, and then Eli Sutton, uh, mm-hmm. he was a lead recruiter on that. He was not mm-hmm. the lead recruiter on Zach Rice, but, yeah, but, played, so- but played a big role. And that would be probably his most significant – uh, yeah, and, and that actually his recruiting kind of came into question a lot during Zach's recruitment. For those who followed it, Zach mentioned a couple times and, and we didn't get into it really with with uh, Zach's mom in the interview. But um, Zach made some comments about how he was trying to connect with Stacey Cheryl's. Mm-hmm. And I think that wasn't necessarily I don't want to say it's, it wasn't a knock on Cheryl's inability to connect with Zach. I just think that. Um, Cheryl's definitely there's certain guys he connected a lot better with. Um, and, uh, you know, Zach and him had to, I mean, it's just natural, you know, as far, you know, to human beings, not everybody's going to mix and match. And so um, that was one of the examples where Zach had, a, and, and, and Cheryl's had to work a little bit harder to kind of establish a relationship. So what, because well, let me add this. I think sure. it was his, um, he had tons of experience coaching at a lot of big time schools with a little bit, mm-hmm. a lot of big time, um, head coaches he, he was under Saban I think let me pull up his, mm-hmm. his page here um so there was this uh, allure of you know being able to coach big time players and get them to the NFL he had tons of experience getting players to the NFL he coached at LSU Georgia Texas Virginia Tech Miami uh UNC and now Georgia again so uh that was kind of attractive I thought the fact that he all these big coaches really liked him as a um as a as a recruiter and a um, developer of talent, he recruited and coached Andrew Whitworth, um, who was played the Super Bowl, uh, played the Super Bowl was, has been a big time tackle for the Rams for a long time. So uh, that was one thing of note. Um, but at UNC, I don't know a little bit. I think is this well, so he was a, took bit a lot of heat this past yeah. season going to flipping into the football side. So from a, I guess the team perspective, I mean, yeah. Is, yeah, I, mean, I think you feel like this is a loss or potential I I, gain. I think a lot of people on the message boards would, would think this would be a, a, a good thing that he left. Um, and who knows? I don't, I'm not an offensive lineman. I don't know what goes on in practice. I don't know the ins and outs of whether it was talent, whether it was coaching, whether it was a mix of the two, and probably was a mix of the two. UNC wasn't the most talented on the offensive line, but um, they gave up lots and lots of sacks over the three years for Sam Howell. And, um, you know, the offensive line could be credited for giving up some of the sacks and the sacks couldn't fall on Sam Howell uh, or the offense. Um, he was also part of the offensive line that was really good at pass block, uh, really good at run blocking for Javante Williams. 
and Michael Carter. Now, maybe that a lot of that was Michael Carter and Javante Williams kind of outrunning the blocks and, and being really, really good runners. So there's always two sides to the story. But I would say the offensive line wasn't as great this year as it was in the past. Um, and some of that blame fell on him. He was a popular name to get fired uh, on people in the message boards, right? Uh, yeah. You, you saw as much as I did. Yeah. So um, I, there wasn't some uproar about him leaving, I don't think. And so uh, I guess hopefully for UNC fans, I hope that Jack Bicknell is a um, is a better hire. Uh, going through his um, going through his resume, he coached some small schools. He was at Boston College as a GA, New Hampshire, Louisiana Tech, and then pretty quickly and as a young man became a head coach at Louisiana Tech for eight years, which is kind of a, a crazy wrinkle. Uh, then he got fired there, I imagine. Yeah, he went 3-10, and 10, got fired. He was at Boston College. Then he spent a good 10 years, uh, eight, 10 years in the, in, in the NFL with the Giants, the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. He was at Ole Miss, like I mentioned, under Phil – not under Phil Longo, but alongside Phil Longo as the offensive line coach for Phil Longo's um, offensive coordinator position. And then at Auburn, Louisville – and now North Carolina. Um, Don, what does that kind of resume tell you yeah. as, a, as a recruiter? What, what does that benefit tell you? I think um, that, uh, I mean, the, the NFL background is big. He'll be able to <clears throat> lean on that in recruiting and kind of explain, hey, you know, I know what NFL teams are looking for. I've spent this amount of time coaching in the NFL. I've been in those meetings where we're making decisions on, on um, who to draft. So, I know what to kind of emphasize to get you ready for the NFL. I think that's big. I think also the fact that he's recruited in the SEC, you know, they're not Alabama and Auburn, but Ole Miss, I'm sorry, one is Auburn, actually. Um, They're not, you know, but Ole Miss and Auburn definitely recruit at a high level and they're competing in the trenches in some very competitive areas for recruits. The most interesting thing, though, is, uh, you know, he was on that team with he played at Boston college and he was on the team with Doug Flutie that, oh, yeah. uh, for the, the Hail Mary pass. Very so. cool. Yeah. I didn't pick that up. Um, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and I also think NFL experience, I don't know if you mentioned this, I mean, you can turn to that. You can say, Hey, look, I know what it takes to get to the NFL. Yeah. Um, I've coached offensive line. I know exactly what the offensive line coaches are looking for at the NFL. I can help you get there and that can help with recruiting. Um, let's see. What did I had a, text from someone that gave us a little insight here uh bicknell was targeted because he's intense he's a technician and he fits well with longo so that is the other thing is that he that when he was at old miss he coached with longo so yeah. i'm sure that kind of helped and i'm sure that that connection was probably what brought him to north carolina to be honest yeah and yeah. those connections are important it's good to have chemistry in your coaching staff um yeah we talked about how the lack of chemistry on the defensive staff uh, at times could have affected it. And that's kind of a big reason why Bateman, um, there was some issues with, with the situation with Bateman and Mac Brown and the uh, assistant coaches. <laughs> why are you smiling? All right. Try, trying to talk, talk my way out of all this and, and put it all. Well, let's, let's go to Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. So that's our Stacy. You say, how do you say his name? Stacy? Cheryl's. Cheryl's. Yeah. Okay. I've heard, I've heard it pronounced a lot of different ways. I always said Cheryl's. I but. said Cyril's. Cyril's? That's what I would say. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore now. You <laughs> know, right. I don't think we need to pronounce that name again. That's right. All right. 
I ran into Stacy Cyril's at a Harris Teeter parking lot once. Oh, really? And he was wearing camo, <laughs> um, camo Crocs. Oh boy! And he had like three cases of light beer. <laughs> and it was that it was like after the spring game. And you know when a man's wearing camo Crocs, three cases, and carrying three cases of light beer, that kind of man gets along with Ross Martin. I got so, you. Uh, we we uh, we talk a little bit in the parking lot. That's my Stacy Cyril story. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he's he's a tall dude, so it's hard to, to miss dude. him. He played yeah. NFL. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's he's tall, you know. But uh, yeah, so on to on to Atlanta, as you um, mentioned earlier, or yeah. I mentioned it. Give me, too. Give me, I'll set you up here. All right, so you went to Atlanta for the Under Armour game, Under Armour recruiting event. Tell us what that event is, and tell us what you got from it in terms of UNC recruits. So, you you know, every spring there are these showcase camps. I like to call them where it's just they attract the best players in those areas. And usually there's some sort of carrot they kind of dangle in this. They have the Under Armour All-American game, although a lot of the spots have been taken. They, they kind of offer they, they will present additional spots to participants in, the, in this camp. Um, and then there's also they do the um, Future 50 for the underclassmen. Uh, but a lot of this stuff, I mean, they're, they're even giving out you know, roster spots for, for games like two years in advance and all that. But anyway, so tons of talent. And um, one of the things too, is that there's, there's less and less of these camps being held in the past. They would have an Under Armour camp in Atlanta and then one in Charlotte this year, they only have one in Charlotte. So in addition to attracting all of those Georgia kids, there were kids from um, North Carolina, South Carolina, and just all the other surrounding areas. So there was a ton of talent. Um, heading into it with my notes based off of the, um, the roster we were initially providing some of the guys no showed because of whatever reason, the weather was, wasn't the greatest. I think I had over two dozen offered, uh, 2023, um, yeah, 2023 guys. And, and, and then obviously there was a bunch of underclassmen that UNC had offered that were also there. So there was a ton of talent. Yeah. I guess, you know, the two main ones, Caleb Downs you know, the top safety in the nation, five-star guy, brother of Josh Downs, been in North Carolina a bunch. And Noah Rogers, four-star wide receiver. We, I think 24-7 Sports has him the top-rated prospect in North Carolina. Um, UNC's involved with both of those guys. But also, and I was, I've, seen, I've seen both of those guys, uh, you know, I guess, perform in different settings a bunch previously. But uh, Jeremiah Cobb, who is the only running back North Carolina, North Carolina has offered in this class. We actually ran an update with him on Wednesday. I was really interested in seeing him. Didn't get to see him enough because of just the situation. Um, but, uh, you know, just tons of talent. Uh, I don't know how detailed you want me to go about the camp. I mean, I can, I can you know, as far as uh, the, the layout or, or that, what that may be. I mean, have you ever covered any of these before when you did the recruiting stuff? Uh, I've covered Nike camps. Okay. What are those it's called? Very, it's pretty similar. The opening. Opening, yeah. Those still exist, right? Yeah, so they scale back a ton. And now I think they only do Elite 11 camps and they invite uh, other positions there too. But, I mean, I don't know if the funding is kind of drying up for these things or what, but there's not as many as there, as there used to be. Okay, so I went through your scoop, and that's where you detail a lot of your uh, interviews and, and uh, interactions with some of these top recruits that were at that camp top UNC prospects give me like a, a major takeaway is there anything any newsworthy 
tidbit from the Under Armour camp that's worth sharing? You talk about from a UNC from a recruiting standpoint or recruiting, a evaluation standpoint? A recruiting standpoint. Uh, okay. I mean, um, you, you mentioned like what, 10 people on here? Yeah. Like Jeremiah, Jamal Jarrett was there. Jamal Jarrett was there. Yeah. He came away with, with the defensive line MVP, which is interesting because a lot of people are now starting to say, okay, maybe he's an offensive lineman. I'm starting to kind of fall into that camp also. You know, he's, he's, he's so light on his feet, and you see him in like a non-football drill, and you think, okay, this guy could definitely play defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. But in a drill sort of setting, you don't see the agility you need to see out of a defensive tackle. I mean, maybe – you know, a nose tackle from way back when it was power football, but now I, you need to have a little bit more wiggle. I don't see that. So I see him more as a guard now, but I mean, he's, you know, from a, from a physical standpoint, good looking kid, good size, uh, good mobility, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your, so what's your big, what's your one big bit of news? You um, got? I think kind of led you there with the Jared thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, from a, just a recruiting standpoint, a lot of it was just, you know, I guess the Caleb Downs coming back to North Carolina this weekend, okay. you know, I, I, I kind of, I don't want to go into too many details to give away too much because everything is in my scoop, but I kind of lay out just where, where I believe the situation is at based off of <clears throat> conversations with a, a bunch of people, um, at this camp, including those, you know, some close to, to Downs and all that. And, uh, you know, this Saturday when he returns, and we'll get into this with, with the, um, the junior day information, when he returns to North Carolina, it's, uh, um, will give UNC a chance to better establish itself in this race for the, I mean, it's a highly competitive race because the other schools that are involved are Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, Oklahoma, Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's, it's like the best, the best when it comes to recruiting that North Carolina is competing against. So, you know, getting him to get back on campus and not just hang out with his brother, which, which obviously is key, but to get him in a recruiting setting where you can kind of lay out what's going on and, and try to, you know, better position yourself within this very competitive race is, is key. Yeah. And Rico Walker was there. Um, what's going on with his recruitment? So Rico celebrating a birthday on, on Sunday. <laughs> So uh, uh, happy belated birthday, Rico, if you're listening to this, which you're probably not. But so he's going to come out with a top schools list. And um, he, you know, even though, I mean, he attended North Carolina's junior day in January, he's coming back for the junior day this Saturday. It's it's act, unless you're a commit, it's not common for a recruit to, to attend multiple junior days at the same school. So, um, so I think that's significant. And then also he's visited North Carolina, probably more than any other school. And USC is one of the first to offer him, but he said, I asked him, so what are the chances North Carolina makes a cut to your, your top schools cut? And he said, oh, probably solid. And he was trying to be, you know, secretive with me, but it was, it was pretty obvious. I think it's obvious anyone who's following this recruitment that North Carolina is a major player. That doesn't necessarily mean that North Carolina is going to going to eventually score his recruitment. But uh, UNC is is definitely a major player in his recruitment. Okay, and he is giving me recruited as an outside linebacker instead of a. Well, which I guess is what he was. Yeah. Before. So that's the thing with him. I see him. A lot of other people see him as an edge rusher. Yeah. He worked out that camp at at linebacker, 
and then also when he visited North Carolina in January, and we have an update with him fo immediately following that visit. So this is a report that we posted in, in January. He mentioned that that Chizik, I think it was Chizik that told him that he was being recruited as a linebacker. I see him more as an edge guy. I would think that he would, you know, that Chizik would want him for that Jack position, but mm -hmm. you know, clearly that's not what they're telling him. But uh, and he still has that desire to play tight end. I just think the kid is just so explosive coming off the edge, so long, exactly what you want from an edge rusher. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that jack position really is and what it, what it really does. Um, yeah, I definitely have some questions for Ross Martin later on uh, in this podcast about yeah, that jack position. I, I don't know. We haven't we haven't had uh, really that chance to ask about, uh, you know, Gene Chizik about that yet. All right, and then finally, Noah Rogers. What's going on with that? Can you kind of give us a, a quick kind of overlay of what the Noah Rogers recruitment looks like? Seems like he's kind of emerging as, or has emerged as one of UNC's top wide receivers. Target. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't want to give give too much away from the weekly scoop, but I mean, I mean, it's another very competitive recruitment. You know, NC State has done a good job recruiting him, mostly because his best friend is Lex Thomas, who is a mm -hmm. quarterback commitment to nc state and both of his brothers played nc state so that has helped nc state and then there's other national powers who are coming at him hard and so noah's noah hasn't truly gotten a great grasp of his recruitment mm -hmm. but um yeah we we gave a little as much insight as we possibly can for a recruitment that's still still kind of taking its course Okay, awesome. That is, wraps up the conversation on the Under Armour Atlanta experience, right? It does. It does. Okay. UNC is hosting a junior day this Saturday in Chapel Hill. It's going to be a big junior day, according to Mac Brown. Uh, there's a Tom Lemming photo shoot beforehand. Um, what's going on with that junior day? Can you kind of tell us how it's going to break down? I know we've talked about junior days in the past. But let's get a refresher on what that looks like for UNC. So I'm actually really curious. I, that was the only thing I, I didn't do, which I was hoping to do before the podcast is watch Mac Brown's press conference. Mm. So how much did he end up talking about uh, the junior day? Not just much. kind just, of in passing. I, it was just a mention. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Um, you mentioned the time lemming thing. We kind of laid it out, not in this weekly scoop, the prior weekly scoop that the weather in January actually ended up working into North Carolina's favor. And what I mean by that was NC state had a, an enormous junior day scheduled for January. One of the reasons why it was going to be so enormous was that Tom Lemming was holding his photo shoot just before this junior day. Now, you know, let me just backtrack a little bit. Tom Lemming has been doing this. I mean, some out there want to call themselves the godfather of recruiting. Tom <laughs> Lemming is legitimately the godfather of recruiting. And you can go back and look at his publications going back to the seventies to kind of prove it. I mean, this guy, went to John um, Elway's high school and mm -hmm. took photos of him and all that sort of stuff. So he goes way back. This, this guy definitely, he's been around and he goes nationwide. He's been doing this for, I don't know how many years. So anyway, so what he does every year is he goes and sets up these photo shoots and, and invites all the top recruits within driving distance to these photo shoots, takes, uh, you know, takes photos of them, gets their information, that sort of thing. Coincidentally, these photo shoots usually coincide with, um, with a school's recruiting event. So then that way they both can kind of piggyback off of each other. Co pure coincidence. Mm -hmm. This year or this, yeah, this, this, I guess, I don't know. I guess this year it was supposed to be with that NC State Junior Day. 
during one of those weekends when we had all that snow and ice and everybody freaked out, even though it wasn't and it didn't end up being so bad. Mm-hmm. They had a, and NC State canceled their junior day. And so Tom Lemon canceled his. And I think NC State wanted to reschedule, I think, for later on in the spring. And Tom Lemming wanted something a little bit sooner somewhere along the line. Don't rush me through this. Get through this, man. Come on. People people love these details. Get, get through this. Somewhere along the line, North Carolina got involved. And uh, so so Lemming is going to hold it on March 5th, which is also my birthday, by the way. And uh, and North Carolina's got the junior day. Okay. So what's the junior day going to look like for UNC? So the big part, from my understanding, talking to sources, is that they're going to have like a watch party for the UNC Duke basketball game. Okay. That starts at um, six. Yeah. So, but obviously they'll have a bunch of other things planned for the recruits, you know, including, you know, they'll, they'll do their own little Jersey photo shoot. There'll be tours. There'll be, you know, meetings with coaches. There'll be, you know, meals. There'll be all these other stuff to keep everybody occupied and have, make sure everybody has a good time. And UNC has a spring practice on Saturday as well. So I imagine that could figure into it. I what think times, what times is spring I th- practice? I think it's a little bit later in the like late morning. Um, okay. I can actually pull it up here. But I don't think it's like really early, like the ones. Let's see. Oh no, it says they have off, but I feel like he mentioned they have practice. But maybe I, mean, I am wrong with that. Sorry, I think I may be wrong. It says off. Yeah, I don't know. If it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense. I think from a timing standpoint. Yeah. Um. But I would imagine they're going to have, uh, you know, recruits pretty regularly at some of these practices. Yeah. Okay. All right. The junior day, big recruiting and uh, big recruiting opportunity for UNC. We mentioned a lot of the names. Um, they're going to be there and definitely check out Don scoop and you'll have maybe an updated list at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have on, an list. on uh, inside Carolina. So make sure you subscribe all most of Don's content, um, say 95% Don's content is behind the paywall. So make sure you subscribe to inside Carolina for that. Uh, and with that, of course you get a, um, Timerson off Johnny t-shirt and Johnny t-shirt.com. Get all your UNC apparel, sweatshirts, t-shirts, all your good stuff. Johnny t-shirt.com. Okay. That concludes this portion of the podcast. We are now going to go into the Mary Rice interview. Again, this was recorded, I think, last Thursday, Don. Um, so almost a week ago. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned the Stacey Cyril stuff. Obviously, he's not part of the staff anymore. But a really good interview with Mary Rice. That's coming up next. Check that out. Following that, Don and I talk a little bit about the interview. And then we'll get into some spring practice talk. We'll get some ads in right here. And then you'll have the Mary Rice interview, the mother of UNC early and early freshman offensive lineman, Zach Rice. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
And now we want to bring on Mary Rice, the mother of UNC early enrollee freshman offensive lineman, offensive tackle, Zach Rice. Uh, Zach Rice enrolled at UNC in January, and he committed to UNC and signed with UNC last fall. He um, finished up as a number 13th ranked player in the 2022 class, number one offensive tackle and number one player in Virginia and was part of that you know, really nice, really great uh, UNC class that signed um, this past year. So I'm going to pass over to Don, and we'll get right into this interview with Mary Rice. Yeah, Mary, I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day for us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So before I get to like our actual questions, I got to ask you, you, you and I talked a bunch of times during Zach's recruitment. You were super busy because of Zach, because, you know, you had, you know, in basketball, they went pretty far. I think didn't they, did, they get, went pretty close to state championship. Then uh, football, obviously, they went to the state championship. You had all these different banquets. You had all-star games. You had all this stuff going on. So what's it been like for you now that your nest is a little bit more empty? It's it's like culture shock a little bit. You know, it's like the house is way quiet. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, I've just been, I'm so excited for him, you know, hearing how things are going with him each day and um, just getting a feel of, you know, how happy he is he's really enjoying being there. And I mean, it's been his dream for every since he could imagine to be there doing what he's doing right now. So I'm overwhelmed. I'm super excited for him, but yeah, it's very different, Don, very different <laughs> ball game than what, than what we've talked about before. Definitely. So he had a very competitive recruitment as far as the, the schools are concerned. You know, I mean, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that as far, you know, we went, we were down to North Carolina, Virginia, Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio state. What was it like? Because, I mean, obviously, once you got those five and you headed into last summer with those five, took a bunch of visits in June. And then I know that Zach actually wanted to have a decision by the end of the summer, wasn't ready. So he took his recruitment into this season, took a couple more visits, made a decision. What was that whole situation like for you and Zach? Wow. (laughs) It was it was. It was overwhelming. It was amazing. It was scary. It was, oh, exciting. It was a month I'll never forget. Um, It's sort of, you know, with COVID, we weren't able to get out to the schools like, you know, in normal times we would have. So that was really our first chance to really get to, you know, many of these schools. Um, Of course, as you know, we'd been to UNC before and then, you know, was able to go to UVA because of just how close they were. Um, but the other schools that were in his top five that you named, we weren't able to visit them prior to that month. So really trying to dive in and learn everything you can, because this was a decision we didn't take lightly. We wanted to do our research. We wanted to make sure that we knew everything going in and that we had pros and cons lists. We had questions. We had a little notebook we kept about each school. And we tried to be very detail oriented about making this decision and it did not come lightly. So going to these schools sort of, you know, you think you'd have in mind really where you felt like you were leading and then you take a visit and it would sort of change things a little bit. Um, Or that would bring up another question from that visit about your decision. So it was, it was a, it was a tough process, but you know, I wouldn't change it for anything either. Um, 
we learned a lot about us. We learned a lot about recruiting, about the process, about really what Zach really wants to be happy because it's not just, it's such a big decision to make. It's not just football. It's about academics. It's about your future. And it's, it's not a four-year decision, as they say. It's a 40-year, so it's very important. And we wanted to do our due diligence on it, but it was a great process. It was a busy month. It was an insane month, but it was an amazing month all in the all at the same time. During those visits and during the whole recruitment, really, what were some of the things that you were looking for as a mother? What are some of the priorities you wanted to get information on from the coaching staffs during the whole process and as it evolved to, to ultimately the decision? Well, I felt like um, it sort of got down to Zach never had a top three or anything like that. I, I felt like you know, the, the top five that he had was, you know, you really couldn't go wrong with any of those schools, whether it be academically or really football wise, you couldn't Mm -hmm. go wrong. I think it really came down to um, where he felt like could be his home, where he felt comfortable, where he would truly be happy and fit in um, and where he could get developed. So I didn't want him being at a place that could not help him reach his goals. Zach has very distinct goals for himself and where he wants to see himself. And so as his mom, I wanted to help him be aligned in the right place to meet those goals. And we felt like, I mean, with a Hall of Fame coach and Mac Brown, you know, the development that Stacey Searles has had in his history mm-hmm. with the offensive line and with him playing in the NFL himself, I think it all, you know, really came down to the facts as Mac Brown declared it. It was the facts about the program and what they all had to offer. And so that really sealed it for us. That kind of, you know, because you and I have talked about this before and you actually were a huge help. Did you ever get a chance to read that story that we did on um, just kind of uh, UNC's dominance in Virginia where you actually were quoted quite a bit? Did you get a chance to check that out? I've read so many, I think so, okay. but I, I try to well, that read was, them all, yes. Well, you were super helpful with that, and in that, you actually discussed the fact that you felt like the tide started to turn towards North Carolina during a meeting with uh, with Mac Brown. I think it was a late June visit that you and Zach had made. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. Now, I was it just you felt like, okay, North Carolina is a place, like in your mind, because I know you definitely didn't want to inter- influence Zach at all. Or did you notice something different in Zach that maybe that may, or maybe he said something to you that kind of let you believe, okay, UNC, he's starting to kind of favor UNC right now. I think during that meeting, that's when Mac Brown sort of laid out what I consider, you know, he called and termed his facts statements and it really just broke down their development history, their program history, what he's done as a hall of fame head coach, what Stacey Searles has done, what the program can bring to the table for Zach. And in looking at that, yes, that really, it just, it really started making it very clear. Can he be developed there? Where could this program take him? Where could these coaches take him? I know academically without question, it's a great institution, but yeah, it definitely did. The tide started turning during the summer and started leaning in the direction of UNC. So, so I, I, you know, and Zach has said that, you know, he really didn't fully know till the end. I think, you know, you, you do, you continue to pray about it. You continue to think about it. You continue to weigh out your list. And so I think when it was made, 
100% clear is when he said, mom, I'm ready to commit. So what was it, I guess, um, maybe that he was searching for or wanted to know, or be, I guess I'm, I'm trying to get from, uh, cause I know that he wanted to decide by the end of summer. And then, so he obviously was starting to favor North Carolina. What was he kind of waiting for to get to the point where he's a hundred percent to where he waited until I think, I think it was like, it was November or whenever, or October, whenever it was when he actually announced November, I think it was. I think just like a hundred percent, you know, like where he, I think he was about 90%. Mm-hmm. And so just that hundred percent certainty, you know, that he, he prayed about and he found and just really being able to envision himself there and accomplishing his goals. And I think that once he got to that point, he didn't even call me and say, I'm ready to commit. He just called and said, I'm ready. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> we, and then from there we set a date and we were ready to, we were ready to put it out there to the world. So you went to a little bit with talking about Mac Brown, but how did they, how did the other coaches recruit him? How did Mac Brown recruit him? What was it maybe other than the development and lay out the facts from a personality standpoint, and maybe just kind of like their strategy, how did they go about kind of recruiting him? If you give some insight to that. I think just with a genuineness and an honesty, mm-hmm. um, I think they really were transparent. They were very, very family oriented. Um, they really laid out how they could see Zach fitting in the program. You know, it was real. It wasn't used car salesman type. It was, it was honest. It was, I felt like what they were telling me, it was going to be backed up and what they did once he got there. And that meant a lot. You know, Mac Brown is very genuine, very outgoing. He's he paints a clear picture for you. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He's honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I felt very comfortable with him and and how he laid out the plan for Zach and how he communicated with what they could offer Zach. I just felt very comfortable with him as a person. Um, and then of course. Dre Bly was very, very instrumental in the process. He was um, Zach's main recruiting coach. And then Stacey Searles was, of course, his position coach as well. So they both were very honest, family oriented. And what, you know, sort of what you see is what you get over time. I, I think that Dre Bly, he, he, he really put a lot of effort and time into recruiting Zach, getting to know Zach as a person, not just a football player, but, and, you know, and that's part of what helps seal the deal, you know, to make a mom feel comfortable with their kid at a school, you know, to know the genuineness, to know, I mean, I really think they care about Zach and that matters. It does mm-hmm. matter. Was they there care about him beyond football and that matters. For sure. Was, was there any, something kind of weird or crazy or interesting that they did during the recruitment? Cause you hear these stories, all different types of things that people do. Um, anything that kind of stands out a story that we may not know about something that UNC did or coaching, coaching staff did like a weird call or a weird gesture or interesting yeah. or great. I mean, or during a visit, Dubai, his personality sort of <laughs> interesting and great. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know other than just the consistency and the okay. effort and the genuineness. I can't think of any, you know, great story other than the time when he did lay out the facts to us. And it was so detailed. It was, it was no denying that information and, you know, where they could take us as a program. But I mean, they just were, I mean, you had a great time with them, you know, going to Mm -hmm. Mac Brown's house. What was that like? That Oh, 
Here we go. Outstanding. Yeah, <laughs> okay. outstanding. I mean, it was amazing, you know, and having him spend time with you, talking to you about, you know, the details of things of different players that he's invested in and time and energy and where they've gone and things they've done. I mean, it's just you see through that, okay, this isn't just it's not just a show and it's, it's genuine. It's real. I can see it transferring over to my son. You can begin to visualize it and it begins to feel like home after Mm -hmm. a while, but the home is amazing. Oh, I mean, Miss Sally, Mm -hmm. she is great. I mean, you just really get so comfortable with them, you know, and you feel, you do feel like they're family. Any, any cool things about the house or something that stood out? Oh, it's, it's, it's all so cool. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. They've done, and, and Miss Sally is just ingenious with the decorating and the, the, the ambiance. I mean, it's just, the house is a whole vibe. I mean, (laughs) they designed it for these kids to be able to come and be a part of. And it's, I mean, it's amazing. The pool, the, the game room is awesome. I mean, Every, I mean, it's really hard to pick out one specific thing, but is, um, is it all like Carolina blue stuff and UNC stuff, or is it like normal people stuff, like like normal living room, normal it's, millionaire it's people stuff? stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's normal millionaire people stuff <laughs> okay. a lot. I mean, but you can you definitely know where his um where his heart's at. But it's it's a lot of memorabilia from his career, from people that he's known in his office and stuff like that. They are, um. I mean, it's just, it's got a, a sophisticated, edgy, cool vibe. And, but it's, it's like, it's cool enough where the kids are comfortable and feel Mm -hmm. like it's can be a home to them. But then it's also just, it's so nice that you're just in awe of everything in there. So it's beautiful. We should see if there's a way that we could do like a well, podcast from Matt was, Brown's house. I was just gonna say, like Don, Don and I are still waiting for the invite. So I know, yeah. I know you're listening, Matt Brown and Sally Brown. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, we're, the summer would be perfect. Yeah, um, we could do it. Yeah, during the summer, we could do a podcast by yeah, the pool live, live from Matt That'd Brown's be pool. Awesome. Yeah. You, you'll, yeah. you'll definitely be invited, yeah. Mr. Rice. Um, okay, that so great. you good on the recruitment stuff, Don? I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I, well, I know you're probably more more um, interested than I am, but I I do would like to know how how Zach's doing. So I'll just ask, you know, how, what, what so, has he shared with you? He talks to me about. Oh wow, he's he's when I ask him how's he doing, how's it really going, you know, and he's like, I love it. He loves it. And so I think he's really vibing with his roommates down to really getting in the flow of what it's like being a college student. I'm so glad he early enrolled. That was the mm-hmm. best decision we made. That Who's he was, rooming with? Yeah, I was going to ask that so too. So he's rooming with um, George Petaway, Travion okay. Green, and Travis Shaw. Okay. So they, um, three Virginia guys and Travis Shaw. And then not far from them are the other um, Other four. Yeah. yeah, they're on the they're nearby. So they go back and forth to each other's room and spend time with each other. How much and, is that um, grocery bill with uh, <laughs> Big Trey and, and Travis? Yeah. And that's uh, a lot of that's a lot of body. Poor, poor yeah, George. That's a whole lot. I yeah. hope George makes sure he doesn't miss. He better be early for dinner. Yeah. 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 Any, uh, they, you gotta... um, they feed them good, though. I've okay. seen pictures of the plates. They feed them good. And um. I'm sure they're all eating very well. You got any uh, Travis Shaw stories or tidbits from from move-in or anything? <laughs> you know, he was on COVID, so he wasn't oh. there when we did move-in. But oh, I, certainly, wow. 
I've certainly seen him and I knew Travis from um, years ago. Zach and him actually played right. on travel football teams and stuff together. So he always manages to give me a hug and speak. And yeah, I, I don't have any great stories, but um, yeah. And then after Travis was on COVID, when we moved in right after Zach got there, he was on COVID. Oh, wow. Leave. So he came home for a couple of days. Well, you know uh, that he was out for five days. There's a rivalry like a personal rivalry between Ross and Travis Shaw, because ever since Travis came about, Ross is now the second best athlete to come out of Grimsley high school. Yeah. So Ross doesn't like that too much. Uh, you know, I went to Travis, <laughs> Travis went to my high school. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what can you tell us about the strength and conditioning workouts? Has he told you about how that's going and, and any details about how that process has been working with coach Hess and, and the whole staff there? He said he's been working hard. It sounds like it's going well. It sounds like they're really getting acclimated. I know that they're sort of taking them slowly through the process to mm -hmm. get them used to making sure that they've got their form correct and that mm -hmm. they're, you know, really being safe and cautious before they're letting them go and giving them more, I guess, freedom and, and allowing them to work out with the other guys. So I think, you know, he's definitely working hard. He sees a difference. I saw him you know, briefly over the weekend. And I can already tell that, are, you know, he, it's he's looking at his body starting to change a little bit. So I can see the definition coming in. Yeah. So are they trying to, add, you know, obviously get him more muscle, but are they trying to increase his weight, upper body weight and all that good stuff? Mm -hmm. And then obviously he can get so, through that and get more cut and stuff. Yeah. So from what he came in, I think he was around 300, 305 when he came okay. in. And so they want him up to like 315, 320. So they're, they're trying to get him to gain like a pound of muscle a week. Okay. What I've been told. So he's trying to put it on. So he's working hard. He's, of course, you got to eat the right things with that. So trying to make the right choices and what he eats to, to build that up the right way. And so I think he's been working hard trying to get that accomplished so that he can be, you know, able to, you know, handle what he needs to and get stronger. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get more, I guess, sure of his technique and and just got to work hard right now. And so I think that's what he's been trying to put his foot to the pedal to do. Is he saying he might working with the offensive line already or anything they're doing with that with that group together to kind of build that up for the year? I know they do these workouts where it's like player driven. Yeah. Um, and so he's been talking about that a little bit. I, I do think that he's been trying to dive into the playbook as well and trying to make sure he's got some understanding of that. Um, but he had, I think that really they're going to hit and get, you know, a little bit more into things as spring practice starts mm -hmm. next week. So. And for those listening, we're recording this before spring practice starts. You may be listening to this uh, after spring uh, practice starts on, um, on Tuesday, March first a little time travel there for us um don you got anything else about unc or zach no i i'm i'm just appreciative for uh miss rice coming on today I've, I have one more thing and then um and then also just always being there whenever i had a question for stuff so yeah i got two okay. things thank you all i got two things yeah. how is it like working with don and and don bugging you <laughs> what was that like give us give us some anything you, you want to tell us about don and and i mean he was probably talking to you for two years almost well, yeah. I think Steve mostly did a lot of talking early on because Zach was always good. Well, that's a character think, right there. Still, Will, <laughs> Steve Wolfong, that's a character. Yeah, as well. that is a character. <laughs> uh, Zach was always good. I, I would text Zach or call Zach and he would he would answer or he would call me back. I know I know a lot of other reporters 
didn't have that success with Zach, but I think some of it was, you know, I came up to his practice, I guess it was like a year ago, maybe even, yeah, about, about a year ago, came up mm-hmm. to his practice and we kind of connected there and all that sort of stuff. But, but I'll let you answer the question. You can tell us about Steve too, because Steve is definitely a character. Steve's been on this uh, podcast a couple times too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Steve was, he's been our guy since for years. Um, so had quite, I've had a few more calls with Steve than, um, and Steve actually called me recently about um, Alex with the program and her role in our recruitment, which was mm-hmm. major as well. Alex is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so he did. That's a Alex White. Included. For those. Oh. Alex White. Yes. Yeah. The UNC's on-campus recruiting director. Yeah. Yes. So he did a piece and included that and and wanted to know my input on her role. But Steve's been great, you know, and and Don has as well. I I think that, you know, like you go through this process and it is it's hard for Zach because he's got he was getting tons and tons of phone calls. And so then it towards the end, he's like, you know, he sort of got the feel that a lot of people or wanting to find out where he's going. And so he certainly didn't mind talking to people. And I, I guess he must not have got that feel from you, Don. But it, it did become like everybody wanted to get the dibs in on a crystal ball. And yeah. I, I will always respect Steve that he was like, I'm not going to crystal ball Zach Mary because he knew that mattered to him. Mm-hmm. And he knew he wanted it to be his decision. And he was very respectful of that. And I'll always respect that about him. And, and I know that that probably, you know, when you get those inside scoops and you get that and Zach, Zach was pretty quiet about it. And I was, too. So I think it was a surprise to a lot of people mm-hmm. when he announced and we wanted it to be his day. Mm-hmm. We wanted it when he was ready to be his time. And we certainly appreciate that. Um, and, you know, we certainly feel like, you know, that was respected and that meant a lot to us. But no, you guys have been great. 247 has been amazing all the way through everyone we've dealt with. And, you know, it's it's been a blessing, you know, to work with. I mean, I'll never forget the day Steve called and told us that he's got Zach ranked as the number one offensive tackle in the nation. I, that's, I mean, that's pretty mind-blowing for him. Yeah, to that is crazy. Yeah, is ranked. Number uh, one, not just in Virginia or not just at a school, but in the nation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's still setting in. I'm still getting cold chills thinking about that. <laughs> that's still setting in. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think Don, you've done you've been well and done great with us too. We appreciate you guys well, thank so you. much. And, and yeah, so we wanna go ahead. Yeah. We just want to do whatever we can to help out and you know, we're so excited about this next chapter for Zach and where this is going to go as well. And to wrap up, can you tell us one or two things about Zach's personality or something we need to know about him that that we don't know, that fans would like to know, but just don't know that you, you as his mother obviously knows or something unique or something interesting we should know about him as a person? He comes, when he first gets to know you, he's sort of quiet, more reserved. But then once he once he develops that relationship with you, he's got a pretty outgoing dynamic personality. He's a funny kid. Mm-hmm. He enjoys life. And I mean, he loves, he loves playing hard. He loves, you know, living up to his nickname, big nasty. So, <laughs> you know, he wants to be, you know, dominant in the trenches, but also, you know, he's, he's really a sweet kind hearted kid loves helping others, loves working out with younger kids and helping them and, and being a mentor to them. And, you know, he's, he's not, you know, you see him, he's so big and large and, 
and you know pretty massive guy and then but he's really kind-hearted and a good person underneath of that i'm pretty proud of that about him so awesome that's good well this was great uh mr rice we really appreciate that uh the whole interview don anything else no i'm just good. really yeah, appreciative awesome. of her coming on all right Thank thanks you guys so-, so much all right don let's go ahead and uh and wrap this up and talk about the the interview as we as we usually do we really appreciate uh mary rice miss rice for coming on did you you just call her mary rice i wanted to i wanted to be a little more polite and say miss rice but well i i went back typically i say miss rice but Mm -hmm. um i went back and forth in the in the interview yeah um because i do want to be respectful too but um yeah and i think this is our first female scoop guest wow now I've interviewed Kelsey Breaking Gomes. Breaking that glass ceiling. Yeah, that's right. I've interviewed Kelsey Gomes, who was UNC's former UNC um, uh, nutrition director, director of nutrition. Not mm-hmm. to brag, but um, that was our first. You know, it's, there's not many women involved in the whole recruiting process outside of the moms. We need to have more moms on. Yeah, we can definitely that we was, can definitely do that. Yeah, that was a great I, interview. I thought it was she was she was great. She was well, made, she was, she was made for podcasting. Very her pace of talking was, was unbelievable. You could understand everything and it was very sincere and, and thorough and, and a great interview. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the, the weekly scoop that we ran the day mm-hmm. before signing day. Yeah. Exactly it's one about. I'm particularly uh, proud of, even though I didn't really do as far as writing, I, there was a lot of interviews that I had to conduct and transcribe and then mm-hmm. piece it all together and all that. But I thought it came out like really well. And I got a lot of um, kudos for it, not to pat myself on the back. But as far as last class, you particularly how North Carolina dominated the state of Virginia. It's a great read, even even now that that class is over with. And Mary was a huge help with that. She Mm -hmm. gave she was very candid and gave a lot of great insight. And as you saw, I mean, she's you know, she thinks it out, lays it out, um, very honest about her thoughts. and. And I think yep. that you saw that in this interview. For sure. So. Yeah. I mean, I'd never, I've never talked to her, so I had no idea what to expect. Um, okay. About the content of the interview. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that really, really stood out. Um, but I thought it was cool. Her talking about Steve Wilfong <laughs> calling her and kind of the behind the scenes of, of working with the media. Um, and, you know, it was interesting. They, they want him to gain weight, but I didn't know he entered at 305. And because we always had him listed like 285, I thought. And so he entered 305, which, which seems big, but they're going to try to get well, up to 320. Go- people always get crazy about the heights and weights listed on there. And like, yeah. I don't know if we throughout the year do a great job of keeping that updated. I think there are different times where they get updated and sometimes you'll see a height and weight that's from a kid's like sophomore season. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. got to take it with a grain of salt. So it's like Travis so, yeah. Shaw's is like three fifteen forever. And we were like, he's not three fifteen. He's way over no. three thirty. So yeah. Um, the, what the else other thing, you? Yeah. The other thing for me was the crystal ball thing. So I get, I don't I get a lot of questions on why I don't, why I've never done a crystal ball. And, and that's an example why is because there, obviously there's a lot of on, on the record conversations I have with people. And I think I've only, I've only done one on the record conversation with Mary, all of it's off the record. And it's difficult to have trust with someone if, if they feel like that you're going to run and, and, you know, make a crystal ball for everybody to see. Yeah. Obviously, I have a job. I'm supposed to put things out there. So I'm very clear about, okay, hey, you know, this is, I'm going to run with this. I'm not going to run with this. But as a whole, this is maybe not the greatest example, but it is an example. Somebody 
who really they did not want crystal balls whatsoever. They would have cut you off if, if, if they felt like you were going to put a crystal ball in. And so um, that's an example of why. Yeah. And um, inside Carolina, no one makes crystal ball picks. Um, but obviously with you, it's, there's a certain reason why and you got to be touchy with how you do that. Um, yeah. But your crystal balls essentially are the mock classes. Um, I was, I was trying to get more out of her about the house, but she gave us some stuff, good stuff about the house. Um, we really should reach out to Jeremy and see if there's anything we could do. <laughs> yeah. It might be a summer thing. Um, and then it seems like every time we talk to these parents, it's always the same thing about how they, the player, how they get recruited and how the coaching staff recruits them. It's, it's honesty, it's transparency, it's family, it's um, being genuine and being very attentive and very active in the recruiting process. And that seems to be the main answer for all these big-time recruits we've, we've had on, their parents we've had on. So that comes across. It's definitely registering with these big-time recruits is that kind of that truthfulness, the honesty, all that good stuff, um, which I think you would hear from a lot of people from a lot of different schools too. Yeah, so, so I, yeah, I think it ultimately the the college decision comes down to where the recruit feels most comfortable, where yeah. the parents feel most comfortable, and that and comes so, from building comes from building that relationship and the comes honesty. from building the relationship. It also comes from I think that UNC and Virginia had a head up on the competition because they were only able to visit the three other schools once mm -hmm. we were able to visit North Carolina, Virginia, a bunch of times. Now I know that they will say that that, that wasn't intentionally and that it, it, they didn't want that to happen, but I think it's just kind of human nature and maybe like a subconscious thing. You're subconsciously going to feel more comfortable where you've been multiple times as opposed to a place you've only been one time. Yeah. And it, yeah, being close helps as well. Yes, um, absolutely. So just switch the view on our zoom things. So I wonder how that records. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think everything we said checks out, and I got nothing really else to add. It's we're recording this obviously in February, so as opposed to some interviews where they're still going through the recruiting process or they've been committed but not signed, like we can't have Zach on anymore. We could, but not this kind of this kind of way. But um, so it's good to get Mary Rice on and talk to her and get a little insight into that experience of, of early enrolling and what's like at UNC so far, and of course the glimpses to the recruitment. Anything else, Don? No, I'm ready to head to commercial break or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, cut to a commercial break now. We'll come back to close out the Scoop podcast. We appreciate you listening. Of course, it's brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back from the whole Zach Rice, Mary Rice conversation. Um, we already talked about the interview, Don. So let's get right into yeah. spring practice. UNC held its first spring practice on uh tuesday march 1st i was there greg was there we had like six people there for inside carolina um and then you have some questions and just kind of get a little conversation here before we close out this podcast yeah i think the most appropriate one immediately is since we just talked to or just had the the interview with with mary rice is uh you mentioned a little bit of getting a chance to see zach rice and you saw him with the with the ones at some point what were your thoughts i mean obviously he's just a freshman and, and should be actually in, in high school right now. But what were your thoughts on what you saw from him? Yeah, and Mac Brown talked about him as well. He, so he got some time in at um, kind of going rotating back and forth um, at first team right tackle, which is surprising. You just don't see freshmen um, working in with the first team that often, especially on the first day of spring practice. Um, and so, but this is not your regular freshman. This is a five-star mm -hmm. top offensive tackle in the country. 
And uh, so there's a reason why, you know, they wanted him so bad. And there's a reason why he's getting time at the um, right guard, right tackle spot. Let me see. I'm going to pull up a quote here from, from Mac Brown. Mac Brown said when asked about Zach Rice um, getting reps at right tackle, he said, it's very rare. He's probably six foot five plus 316 pounds. He's quick and really aggressive. I think the biggest thing about him is his aggressive nature. He loves to come off the ball and compete. The hardest thing for him, um, hardest thing for the three freshman linemen will be the pass protection because they're protecting against much better pass rushers in college than they did in high school. He talked about how Rice, he was talking with Rice after practice. He's like, man, that was quick. That was so much quicker than high school. There's, there's so, it's so much, you move through practice so, so fast. Felt like we were out, weren't out there at all. Um, there was no staying around. But he said he had a blast and was really doing well. So, uh, look, one day into practice, we got Zach Rice running with the first team, uh, splitting time at first team. And I imagine we'll get a lot of different linemen working in because they lost three starters. There's a lot of openings. Um, Jordan Tucker, Marcus McKeithen, Joshua Azudu. So there's a lot of new names, new faces, and people vying for different positions. Um, but that's a uh, – do you think he could start? I mean, like, what do you think, Don? Um, I mean, you know – I just always kind of lean on the numbers and they don't favor offensive linemen, you know, playing at all really as true freshmen, as you mentioned this, you know, this is not your average um, offensive lineman, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, and then, I mean, you have guys who have experience already. So, you know, my guess is that ultimately he ends up playing um, a good bit, but, uh, and maybe he starts a game here or there, but I just think that, you probably want um, try, what um, I know there's injuries throughout, like throughout the roster. Yeah. How bad has the offensive line been hit with injuries for the spring? You know, it's not been as bad as some other positions. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm wondering. So let me yeah, see. actually, I want to pull the depth chart here too. So we're kind of, we got, this. you got um, awesome Richards and William Barnes are the two tackles right now. Barnes. Yeah. So he's put time with Barnes. Uh, Rice put time with Barnes at right tackle. So, I mean, he, so I would think that his best bet is to, to, you know, supplant uh, Barnes. Um, and, and I mean, I mean, Barnes says, what, what is he? Uh, is he a junior? I think it's his fourth year. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, and that's one of the problems is that, you know, Zach has only played high school ball. Barnes has three years of, of practicing college. I mean, that's, that's, that's big. And that gives him advantage. And it wasn't like Barnes was a slouch. I mean, he was a highly coveted offensive lineman. Also, I think we forget. I mean, he was a, he was a big, um, big land for North Carolina when he signed or when he, yeah, when he committed on signing day. Yeah. I think it's, imp- I think it's important to know that Barnes probably got the majority of snaps at right tackle. Um, and G- Diego pounds was kind of split in time at the twos as well with Zach Rice. So you have Diego pounds, Zach Rice at the two, uh, but Zach Rice did get some first team reps, but they're all, it's very fluid now. I remember this is the first um, yeah. day of practice. Um, okay. Anything else you got? Yeah. I mean, I got, well, I got tons of questions for you, but uh, all right. So I kind of mentioned the, the Gene Chizik coaching the, the Jacks position, which um, so many, I have, I have so many just random thoughts on this one, because when Chizik was here the first time and you were here, right. You were covering the beat, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He didn't have this position in his defense. You know, he yeah. went with the power end and speed end were the two he used. Um, and just looking at, and I haven't seen it. Um, well, one, I'm curious about why he chose to kind of, this is the position he's coaching. Cause he didn't do a whole lot of individual coaching last time around. And then two, um, 
Well, I guess what, what were your observations? Let me just start there, and then, I, and then I'll have a follow. I don't want to over. I don't want to oh. throw a lot of questions at you at once. On the Jack position. Yeah. Well, just you know what you yeah on the Jack position, what you saw from Chizik coaching those guys and all that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really see. I don't know. I don't have any too many comments on the actual. I will say that. Well, I'll say this. Noah Taylor was really impressive, and he's mm-hmm. he's a Jack. Um, that's weird to call it that because when you write it, you go like Jack Noah Taylor, and you're like, is his name Jack Noah Taylor? Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I had that issue yesterday. Um, Noah Taylor was really impressive, and I saw that and heard that from someone else. And then when we got back to the office, Greg and Gregory, that's what they noticed as well. So Noah Taylor, six foot five. You know, he's a graduate transfer from Virginia. He's long. He's athletic. He was one of the most impressive players out there from a pass rushing standpoint. Looked the uh, looked apart as well. So it's a what it's an edge kind of rusher can also drop into coverage type thing. Maybe kind of that outside linebacker defensive in hybrid. Is that how you see it as well? That's what how it was kind of described to me. Now this kind of leads to my next question, which was really curious. A lot of the stuff reading. I don't, I don't know if you necessarily put it, but I know Gregory Hall had some, but it was mentioned somewhere else in the scoop too, was that this position was coming off the edge on the right side towards the right tackle as being the right tackle, which to me, you typically, you want your edge rusher to come off the left side because that's the blind side of the quarterback. Um, so was, was this guy, that position, that Jack position, which shouldn't they name it Ross? I mean, that seems more appropriate, right? But anyway, <laughs> The Jack position, um, was it always coming, you know, attacking that right side of the offensive line? Well, on some one-on-ones, I saw him coming from the left side. Um, I didn't I didn't see I – mean, I would defer to them if that's what they said. That's what they said on some uh, team stuff. But on one-on-ones, they were rushing from, you know, at times the middle through a, by, through okay. a guard and then also um, on the left. The other, the other Jacks listed, there's five listed on the roster. Um, Bo Atkinson, who I think is a little big for that position – I think he may be better suited to put on some weight and be a, you know, kind of a Des Evans type power end. Yeah. But um, you know, he, he looks impressive. He, he looks apart at, at 6'6", 240. Um, Chris Collins, they're excited about him. You know, he, it's just kind of his time to, to, to make an impact. He's a senior now, 6'4 and a half, 243. Um, and then you have Gabe Stevens, a redshirt freshman, uh, six foot three. Three and three quarters, uh, two of five. Definitely to put on some weight. So those are your listed jacks. Oh, there's no. Oh, so that's a uh, walk on, Kobe Doreen. So, um, all right, let's move on from the jack stuff. I don't. I want to. I want to learn more about it. I mean, that's a, 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 yeah. No, that's what I'm, I'm so curious because, this, like I said, this is not something Chizik had before. Yeah. So I think it's a Charlton Warren thing. That gotcha. Uh, I think okay. that's what I remember them saying during okay. their introductory press conference. That press conference was not focused on like the technicalities and the mm-hmm. fundamentals and all the positions. That was more on like the general their return and, and recruiting and things like that. So I think when we get them, hopefully during spring practice, we'll be able to ask more civic questions. All right. Um, my next topic for you, the quarterbacks, because that's obviously I'm actually surprised this hasn't gotten a lot more. Um, I don't know. People don't talk about it. I mean, they talk about it, but I thought it would be big. I mean, it's a quarterback and, and you have a competition. Yeah. And I think it's just going to be Drake May. I think that's how fancy it too. I don't know. It just makes the most sense. I mean, he looked who, good. Who, did Who looked, I mean, if you just, who looked best yesterday or Tuesday? Uh, I, I thought, I thought Drake May looked best. He looks apart. He's, you know, six, four, six, five. He looks athletic. He moves really well. 
his arm looked great from my untrained eye. Um, I just think it, it makes a lot of sense for him to kind of just take it over from Sam, um, Charlotte guy, the, you know, the legacy and, you know, he was a big time recruit and he, he, he looked great to me. I don't know. It's hard to see first day in spring practice with, with no pads, um, without the, you know, defense line coming down on them. But, um, I think it's gonna be Drake, man. Okay. She might yeah, have I mean, it makes, it makes sense. I think that's, that's kind of the buzz. Yeah. You know? So, um, I mean, I can go on forever with questions cause I'm definitely curious and I'm sure you, I mean, how much did you guys actually end up seeing? We were there for two hours. Oh, but, wow. You know, so you had, yeah. It's tons of drill, it's drill work, you know, yeah. it's, it's drill work. It's, there's a lot of one-on-ones, which are, which are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive line, defense line, one-on-ones, and then wide receiver cornerback one-on-ones, but you, man, you're trying to see everything you can. It's tough. Yeah. It's some special team stuff. They did some kind of skeleton offense, skeleton defense. Um, yeah, it's a it lot. It is going, it is going fast. Like, yeah. like Zach mentioned it, because I mean, high school practices are so easy because it's just, there's so much downtime yeah. and there's, too, you know, but yeah, cause they're, I mean, they're running from drill to drill, to drill. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that basically wraps it up for me. That's all I, you know, I guess the main questions I have. There you go. I hate yeah. that you're only able to see one practice, but yeah, I think, that, I think that's it. Let me pull it up here. Um, yeah. Well, that's what it was last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID. Um, and so check out, we did a uh, kind of takeaways from Mac Brand's press conference. Check that out. You know, that's, and then we did, of course, the scoop that Greg put together with the help of Greg Green Eye. That's actually really good for subscribers. It has a full depth chart and has tons of observations. Um, it was a pretty massive scoop that we put together. Um, okay. Anything else on spring practice? No, not, not at the moment. I think I, I hit all my main, my main questions for you. Okay. Good stuff. Well, let's get out of here. How about that? It sounds good. We need it. We need to come up with a new top five at some point. Okay. Well, we'll think of one. We'll think of one to give out next week. Next time. If we you have an it. idea for a top five, send it to us. Somehow. There you go. Somewhere. There you go. If you have a, uh, an idea for a top five, send it to uh, Don on Twitter, DM, or uh, on Inside Carolina, DM, or email. Or you could, we could, you could put it in the, the thread for this, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, right. new top five. All right, good stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed the Mary Rice interview. I thought that was the highlight of the show. We'll be uh, with you again in, in a week or two uh, with more recruiting stuff coming off a junior day. There's just not much news with the 2023 recruiting class. Like, there's no commitments. There's no pending recruitments that are going to uh, commit. Um, so there's a lot, there's not much news. Is that kind of how you feel too, Don? Yeah. I mean, it's just, there was a discussion on, on this topic on the message board, but it's, I think the combination of the season wasn't so great. So the momentum is a little bit tough. Yeah. The coaching changes, which, which you have to reestablish there's new guy. I mean, there was a bunch of guys offered towards the end of January, early February, that we don't know where UNC stands. They don't know how they feel about UNC. Some of that's mm-hmm. going, to, going to be established during visits. And um, uh, there's one other topic um, that I can't remember what it was. That that was my third reason for why things have kind of slowed so much. But it, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, things will get rolling. I think they'll be, we'll have a better understanding of what's going on in this class, you know, after probably once we get into April, because there's going to be a bunch of visits this month that I think will help kind of, you know, kind of set a path. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you get commitments around the spring game and, and into the summer and always, always remember June kind of being the big kind of May, yeah. June being the big commitment time. And Mac likes to get his commitments in, but 
Um, so we'll see. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Scoop, brought to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Guys, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube page to watch all these podcasts. I remember, the other, I remember the other thing. Okay. The lack of talent in North Carolina and Virginia. So mm. North Carolina is having, and it, so it takes a little more time to recruit the out-of-state guys, and that's why things have slowed down a little bit. But anyway, I didn't mean to there interrupt you, but I just thought about it. Go ahead. There you go. The, the scoop never stops. All right, guys, rate, review, and subscribe. Please, the Inside Carolina podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube page, and make sure you check out Johnny T-Shirt and GiantTeacher.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.